Welcome to the Mum Mind podcast, or how to stop your mother falling out of your mouth. I'm Steph McSherry, I'm a mum of two, and I've been running Kinderama, a multi-activity programme for younger kids for 20 years. And I'm Bethany Reardon, I'm a psychotherapist, and I'm a mum of three, and I run the CAM Parenting Club. Each week in this podcast, we're going to be answering one of your parenting questions. And if you'd like to submit a question for us to work through, email us themummind at gmail.com. So today's episode is surviving Christmas. <laughs> in a nutshell, uh, yes. It's something we all need at the moment. Yeah, and, and I think you see, so to put this into context from a therapeutic perspective, just to, I kind of like at the beginning of the podcast, just explaining why we're doing this, because we know on some level that going back into the family unit can be really tricky. So I just want to explain why, so everyone knows, uh, and then we'll we'll talk it through from there. So you see, the really difficult thing about going back into the family unit is, is that all of your old wounds come up. I, I don't mean you, Steph. I mean, all of us. Well, <laughs> me too. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, form an orderly queue, everybody. Um, you know, so so when you go back into the family unit, even as an adult, you become the child. And I meet so many people who revert back to childhood behavior, siblings who start acting like they're teenagers again. And people think, well, how did this happen? I'm in my 40s. I'm in my 50s. I'm in my 30s. Why do I still feel like a teenager? And this is the process in therapy. We talk about reparenting yourself. Um. So, yeah, so that's just a little bit, I guess, of the therapeutic theory. I don't know. Um about talking about this state and what happens to all of us so it's not like we consciously do this obviously we don't go into these these situations going well i'm going to throw a strop now and uh, <laughs> i'm going to sulk off into my room and it, you don't necessarily mean you know this is when we go back to the family home or anything like that it's just when you're surrounded with people that you grew up with stuff you start acting in a way that perhaps you weren't expecting and that's what's happening you're kind of going back to wherever you left that family unit perhaps in your teenage years yes yes that's it exactly and i i think you see a lot of this then relates back to where we're at in our personal development so everything in life from a therapeutic perspective is just about keeping moving forward so you know, I'm a therapist. I've been in therapy for over 15 years now, probably, yeah, over over 15 years now. But does that mean that the other people in my family unit have looked at their wounds and done that? Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. And, you know, so say at the minute I'm working with men, women, whoever wants to come in therapy or people in the camp parenting club. And when they go back into their unit, they're kind of reassessing relationships, things that they were OK with, things that they tolerated. I mean, a classic one is the mum giving out or being nasty or saying these off the cuff marks that before somebody tolerated to the point maybe of internalization, just didn't know, didn't have a voice, was never allowed to disagree in this kind of healthy way that we're allowed to disagree in life. Um. And then people come to therapy and that changes. Well, I don't want to be spoken to like that anymore. 
and, and and sometimes that's appropriate to say to the other person and they can take it on board and well sometimes it goes horribly wrong so I think a lot of this and and I think my first tip for everybody is to set your intention for Christmas and by that I mean figure out who is important to you you know um for me it's my husband and my three kids we have uh, it doesn't mean <laughs> doesn't mean everyone else can go to go to hell but christmas day around the christmas period these are the people who are the most important to me so i will cultivate my days my hours my weeks so that my energy is maximized around those people and the people who are less important who um, I was going to say hold less value in my life if my friends are listening to this. Yeah, cheers. Well, yeah, I didn't make the cut, but they also know what I mean because they're my friends. So, you know, I, I, I will actively try and spend less time with people who don't nurture me, who don't make me feel good, who don't allow me to have a different opinion or different value system or different belief from them without shouting, being nasty, excluding, mocking I won't tolerate that, you know, so have a think. What is your intention? How do you want your Christmas to be? And who are the people who are important in that? So when you say you, you, you're not going to tolerate that, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to, and I, I'm figuratively using mother-in-law, I'm not talking about your mother-in-law, don't know your mother-in-law, <laughs> you know, figuratively, you're not going to sit down at the Christmas dinner table and say to your mother-in-law, this is not the time to talk to me like this. This is possibly putting boundaries in place before you even begin to say, OK, we're going to spend a limited amount of time with these people so that yeah. I can go in and I don't feel I have to say that there and then at the Christmas dinner table. It might be that I can just let her spout off and say what she wants and I don't even have to answer because I've minded myself, I've minded my boundaries and I'm not going to let that affect me. Yeah. Oh. And I, I, you might have this on your list of tips, but I remember you saying before, sometimes before you enter a space that you're not completely comfortable, that you picture yourself surrounding yourself with this kind of force field. Is that the right word? Mm, yes. So that you're protected. And I love that feeling. I love that idea. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so we'll rewind a little bit if that's okay to something yeah. that you said um about you know you know protecting yourself before you go into the situation mm. well i think the thing to remember and this is my point number 2 I feel like I'm like a school teacher. Point number two, everybody take, <laughs> write take, it down. Take notes. <laughs> is um well point number 2 is don't take it personally. You know, people might not like what you represent. I mean, I know for me and my partner, we did a fair bit of, um, I was going to say activism, but it wasn't really activism, campaigning for the Repeal the Eighth Movement. Um, you know, I did, I walked around and I spoke to people. He did a video that was shared widely on social media. Nobody else in the community that I know of was as active as, as us and, and that's totally okay. But, um, but people that allow to have your differences don't take it personally if people don't like your opinion and your stance on things. You know, they're allowed to have a difference of opinion. And if they have, if you trigger something in them, well, that's theirs, not yours. You're allowed to have your life and be you. So if people do come at you, don't take it personally. It's their heart, it's their wounds, it's their need to control. It's not you. 
But you don't need to bite back either, right? And no. I know that takes huge amounts of effort, but it's very powerful because if somebody is spouting off and you just leave them, yeah, they've, they've almost got to hear themselves because <laughs> you, you haven't answered back. You've said nothing. You've left them hanging. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And, and I mean, I always wonder, I, I wish I could say to people, do this. This is exactly what you should do. But the reality is, is that relationships are so tricky and they're so complex. But what I say to people is, is to find your key phrases, you know, so you can say something like, yeah, I see where you're coming from, because you can see where someone's coming from. I'll go back to the repeal the eight thing. Mm. I mean, I remember my brother-in-law, um, I've got loads, so that keeps it nice and vague. <laughs> <laughs> Said to me something like, Oh, I, I I just don't know if we can if we can give women I was something like, I don't know if we can if if this is too big a decision for a woman <laughs> to make. And I, oh. I was like, Yeah, but you know, that's their opinion. And I said, Well, okay, that's your opinion. I see where you're coming from. Because I saw where he was coming from. My, my opinion's totally different. Um, you know, and I said, well, it's actually okay. We, you can trust women to make decisions these days. Um, we're, <laughs> we're, we're cool with that. Um, but another thing is you can say to someone, oh, oh, right, okay, yeah, I need a bit of time to think about that. Especially when people really want you to talk about the hot topics, politics, yeah. finances, you know, whatever it is give yourself time. I mean, sometimes, yes, saying nothing is the right thing, but sometimes that can make it worse, you know? And, and, and I think, I think this is where people tune in. I mean, you don't have to get this stuff right. You can play around with it. Um, and something else I think is really great to say is, oh, I hadn't considered that before. So I actually don't have anything to say about that right now. <laughs> I love that. Hmm. <laughs> hadn't considered that before. Hadn't okay. Consider, hadn't considered because, because it's true. You know, it's like, well, I hadn't, I hadn't considered that in that way. You know, if people say these totally wild things that maybe you don't have an answer. I mean, if you don't have an answer, the truth is, well, I haven't considered it in that way. So I don't know what to say, you know, hmm. which is which is really powerful. It takes the heat out of it too, right? It takes the heat out of whatever's being said. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, before we started recording, maybe maybe it was before we started recording, you said, you know, th there's really simple things you can do as well. And even things like leaving the room, getting a glass of water. Mm. You know, I, th I think you said, you know, remembering to go out and take a breath. Yeah. I mean, it sounds really simple, but the fact is, like you said, you don't have to respond. Give yourself time. Ooh, I need time. I don't know what to say to that. <clears throat> yeah, and often <clears throat> Christmas becomes very fraught because you're in other people's company more than you normally would be, as in for longer periods of time, right? Either you've got a relative staying with you or they're with you for an entire day or maybe they're with you for an entire day. And, and you, you can't find those moments where you regain yourself. So taking a moment to say, you know, it's okay, I've got the washing up, I'll do it. Because you want to just stick on a podcast and take time to get back to yourself. Yeah. Rather than that constant barrage of people that I find that difficult all day, every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the really good thing is, if you know that about yourself, then you can plan for that. Yeah. You know, and, and a lot of this stuff is, well, where will I get my time I need to nurture myself? And, and 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 that sort of moves us on to point number four if you're writing this <laughs> right. down get my pen hang on number four 
is take comfort in your own traditions. Like I know for me, there's things I love doing at Christmas time. I went to the library yesterday and I got a couple of Christmas. I love rom-coms. I think maybe because of the work I do, I, I, I work really hard to balance that out with just pure silliness. There's certain movies that I will watch and I won't compromise. I won't really compromise at all um, on watching them. So, you know, your own traditions don't have to be this Instagram. We've all got the same pajamas on. Your traditions are things like, you know, the things that help you set the emotional tone for the family, because that's what mums and dads do. How we feel sets the tone for everything that goes on. So to have a tone that works really well, it's about tuning in and doing things that make you feel good so I have my books there I love every Christmas there's a Dolly Parton special I'll watch that you know <laughs> every day I sit down in the afternoon and I'll listen to a podcast for half an hour or an hour now my kids are older my kids are eight nine and eleven so I can tell them to buzz off for an hour and that's okay but it's like about being realistic if the thing that you find the hardest you have to make a plan to counteract that I love going and running a bath in the middle of the day. Oh, you know, yes. It, you know, when it's like people, are, you find those moments where everyone's occupied doing something. Not, It's not planned. You know, maybe somebody's reading a book, somebody's cooking, whatever. And I think, oh, I'm going to sneak off and have a bath. Yeah. And I don't announce it because that <laughs> encourages people to come in and ruin your fun. You know, oh, yes. oh I'll get in after you or, you know. Or oh, with I'll, you, I'll, even worse. Yeah, I'll come in and talk to you, especially if it's your husband. <laughs> <laughs> where have they gone all oh, there having a bath no yes. no no but those little pockets that you can find those little surprises that surprise time is also nice to utilize rather than going oh I should do something yeah oh, go and do something for yourself yeah absolutely and, and think like the going to do thing should always I mean should you know what I mean though it's helpful if it if it involves something that helps you regulate because we know that being around people can be stressful, can be overwhelming. Um, in a nutshell, I, I mean that our stress levels will be going up. So anything that helps your stress levels to come down. Um, but, you know, whenever people talk about baths, it always reminds me of the time I was really tired and I went for a bath. And my daughter came in and said, Mom, I think I'm going to get sick. And she got sick in the bath <laughs> that I was in. <laughs> And I thought, oh, that summarizes motherhood in a nutshell, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I thought, right, out the bath and into the shower. There we go. Kinderama is a multi-activity program for younger kids. It's full of music, imaginative play, adventures, ball skills, dance, drama, and all for the under sixes. We have an online program at kinderama.com and if you use the discount code MUMMIND20, you can have 20% off an annual membership. You know, it's the small but really profound things. Like in the morning, I love, I'm looking outside now, I'm really lucky, I have a beautiful garden. And um, I walk around with the puppy and I look at the frost. I look at, oh, what are the birds up to today? Who's out? Who's doing what? And it's those things that make me feel really good. And in fact, outside my window down here, every year we get a load of branches and we put them out because the small birds like to feed under the small branches where the big birds can't. They can get to them, but not really. And, um, and I put loads of seed there. So there's, I mean, there's maybe about 20 different kinds of uh, finches, sparrows, 
either cold tits or great tits. I never know the difference. A thrush, a blackbird couple. And I just sit and watch them for 10 minutes mm. with a cup of tea. And then it feels great. Then I'm well able for whatever people want to throw at me. And actually, that 10 minutes of, I know you're watching the birds, but you're doing nothing. And yeah. that's really hard to do when there's lots going on and loads of people around. But actually, it's really valuable. And I think the noise factor is another trigger for me. If, it, you know, when there's lots of people and kids, the noise levels get higher and higher. And I find that makes me very stressed and that I need to just have a bit of quiet time. And that might be putting my earplugs in and, and looking like I'm listening to a podcast, but actually I'm listening to nothing. Yeah. Just having a bit <laughs> of quiet time. It's really it important, though. Yeah, and you know, I know somebody who puts earplugs in during the day because like the wax-based ones, because when you put them in, you really hear the sound of your own breathing and Ooh. you can almost hear your own heartbeat. And they say to me that it's almost like recreating being in the womb or something, because that's wow. all you hear is your own breathing. I mean, up to a point, if the kids are screaming at you, hear that. But, you know, um, so yes, absolutely. You know, know the things... And play around with it. Play around with what makes you feel good. Um, so my next point, number five. Okay. Right was, yep. <laughs> we're moving on. Was to ask for help. I mean, here's the other thing. People like to be useful. So, uh, you know, give, delegate, give people jobs to do. But the most important thing is you can't then give out to people for the way they've done something. You know, like if you ask your kids to stack the dishwasher and everything is in, but logistically it won't close or it won't go on or whatever, wait until they've gone and then rejig it. You know, if you're asking your partner to cut the vegetables or whatever, and these are all things I hear in the therapy room and they're all really valid because, you know, we're allowed to be annoyed by people is um, if you ask someone to cut the vegetables, don't give out to them that they cut them too big or too small. You know, you're not the vegetable police. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, unless you are, then that then you are. That's well, okay. and I think yeah. another lesson that I've personally learned in the last 18 months is because you say ask for help. I was terrible at asking for help, but I was really good at giving out in my head to those people that weren't helping. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, like, it's great, isn't it? And it does seem really obvious. But I know, say, when my mum and dad come to stay with me, they love jobs to do. You know, and my mom, she loves cleaning in a way that I don't. So her job <laughs> would be to clean out the inside of my cupboards. Excellent. And she's like, you've had this for this. It went off seven years ago. And I said, great, great. Now we know. Throw it away, please. You know, or like, you know, my dad's job is to go and get the paper in the morning, go and get a loaf of bread. He can he loves driving about the place. So he can drop the kids to the school or the playground or, you know, use people's strengths and make it work for you. But also, you know, don't take it all on yourself. And then, uh, you know, so I, I would for the last few years, you know, I, I, I turn around to my husband and say, I feel like I've done all the Christmas shopping. You know, like you're you're one of the children sat there going, oh, you got that. <laughs> you know, because yeah. you don't know. But actually now I say, right, I need you to get this, that and the other. I need yeah. you to sort a present for so and so because he's not psychic. There's yeah. no point me getting cross about it if I haven't even asked. Yeah. And, and it's funny, isn't it? You know, so much of life, it's because we've forgotten to communicate our needs. And, and it, it's like, 
you know, we talk about women having it all. It just because this this has been like a real big theme in therapy with the moms I've met this this year, I think. It's like, you know, what is this idea of having it all? Well, it means that we can share the emotional and the practical load. But to do that, you know, I took all the maternity leaves with all of our children. I was the one that was up at night with them. My husband disputes this, but I think I did it all the time. He says not so much for the last guy, but um, I don't know. Um, But that means that I'm kind of ahead of the game in terms of tuning into the children, in terms of the practical bits, because... I've had more experience doing it than him. If I had to throw my hand at his job, I'd be terrible because I'm not experienced in it. So the way to bridge that is to use our voice and let people know. And I love when I ask my husband to get presents because he always gets mad shit that I would never have got. (laughs) (laughs) I always get like kind of like, I don't know, maybe not sensible presents is the wrong word, but you know, just just to share the load and and be really vocal about it. I want you to do this. Like we've now turned Christmas shopping into something that's like a bit of a date day. We go into town, we get a breakfast, we have a, a cup of tea, we go for a walk, we have a stop, we have another cup of tea. And it's like a really nice thing. Do you do and, any shopping? Um, bits <laughs> and bobs, bits and, bits and bobs. <laughs> Sounds lovely. No, that's a nice idea. Yeah. So you have to you have to have to ask for help. If you'd like the answers to help your child with their emotions or behaviours, or if you're ready to become the parent and person you'd like to be, then start your free seven-day trial in the Camp Parenting Club by going to my website, bethanoreardon.com. Okay, so point six is be realistic. Don't expect from others what they can't give you. You know, like, say in some families, some families would love to be closer. They'd love to be closer with their siblings and have more caring relationships. But sometimes other people aren't able to do relationships in that way. Other people do relationships where they see you once a year for an hour over a meal and that's enough. And and that is the therapy work. If that resonates with you, that is your therapy work to resolve. Resolve that painful wound where you wish things were closer but it's also about being realistic. I mean, people have relationships in different ways. And do you think, in your experience in the in the therapy room, do people see this as an opportunity to to get things off their chest or to try and bond? You know, because they're there at Christmas and because it's Christmas, do do people try and address stuff that maybe they should leave for another time? Yeah, I I honestly don't know. Um, I mean, I I don't know if there is a good or a bad time to discuss anything. I, I, I think the really important thing is to know our position where we stand. Not that we can't be hurt, but that we're protected. Mm-hmm. That we're like, well, if they can't do that, I'll enjoy this bit instead. I'll enjoy the hour. Or, nope, I want nothing to do with them because they're not playing ball or whatever it is. I think talking is always really helpful. But so, I mean, so much of the time we can do all this lovely preparatory work in ourselves and the therapy work. And the other person just doesn't respond. And we have to prepare ourselves for that as well. Even if you go and you say, look, I feel like we've drifted and, you know, and then the other person says, I, you know, I, 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 rem- I remember really clearly in, um, in, in, in our family. I, I'm, so we haven't done communion. 
And I remember we explained this to a family member and we said, but, you know, we'd love it if you could just remember our kids because all the other nieces and nephews got certain presents. And the other person totally disagreed with us. And they said, well, why should I? Why should I remember your children if you're not doing this this rite of passage? Because actually where we live, kids that don't do it, do this, that and the other. And I thought to myself, well, you've really not heard what we're saying, but that's OK. You know, that's 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 where you stand on it. That's yeah, you you realize you're not going to convince them otherwise either right so no I'm not going to convince them of the joy of my children oh you know and 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 that's I say okay okay and and you know and it's sad but we have to be realistic and, and it's also but that's where they're at you have to respect that as well you see children pick up on secrets in families you know holding secrets or pretending things you know if anyone has a child who suffers with bouts of anxiety or behavior that is kind of tricky for the parents to manage more often than not it's because children are absorbing leftover emotions that are hanging around a family system so if as the adults we can just capture that and not kind of want for more and not wish that there was more if we can just hold the truth and the honesty of it as well we're not very close you know they 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 didn't want to remember you through the non-rite of passage that we chose as a family. That's okay. You know, and, and, and if we can just, if we can just manage in any of the residual hurt or feelings that are left over from it, it means that our children don't pick up on it. So that's why it's really important to be realistic because if you're standing there really fake with your family, all like, Oh my God, don't we just love each other? That's really unsettling for children because they're that's, like, well, we're close, but we don't talk ever. Okay. That, and that's what you mean by the secrets of a family. Yes. Yes. Okay. The unspoken. Yes. The unspoken. And, and the more that we can not even speak the unspoken to kids because I mean how complex are families and relationships to explain to, to explain mm. to children. But if we cannot keep pushing something that's not there, then that's really important. I have the opposite problem, I think, because sometimes, you know, I've been honest with my children and told them about the complexity of certain situations and then they'll just come out with it in yes. that family situation. You're like, oh, yeah, that's the same kind of thing, right? Yeah, but I mean, isn't it just naming it? Yeah. Isn't it just naming what's going on anyway? And if the other... I mean, I don't know, seven people find that really difficult. Well, that's that. I mean, your kids are the ones that can tolerate what's difficult and verbalize it and put words on it and see how it feels. But most importantly, they can tolerate it. They can tolerate the differences in relationships. Mm. And that's, I mean, that's huge because then they take that into the playground or the, the yard. They take that into the classroom with them, you know, and. I mean, I, I, I'm yet to meet anybody in the therapy room that hasn't struggled with relationships at some point. So the more we can get kids used to the uncomfortable and the awkward and the and the I don't know really why they did that, then that's then that's yeah. huge. Yeah, I like that phrase, too, that you don't have to have the answer even for your children that you can say, I, I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know why. I mean, sometimes I say to families, well, you know, you can tell your child that maybe granny's actually very sad on the inside, though it makes them seem cross on the outside. Well, you know, granddad doesn't really know. He hasn't learned yet that it's OK just to really love people. 
that you don't have to be cross to people. You don't have to give out to people. You don't have to say nasty things to let you to let them know that you love them. Mm. You know, and I think also kids are amazing. You know, they can also just cut through stuff because they just, you know, I remember once we went to see a family friend out sort of Kinsale way and my son was really little. And I think the dad in the family, not my family, the family went to visit he was kind of a bit on the outskirts. It was all girls, five girls and a mom. And he was a little on the outside. And I know he had his own ups and downs in life. And when we went, my son went over and gave him a really big hug and a kiss. And everyone sort of cried. And they said, I don't think anyone's hugged and kissed him for over 20 years. And it was so lovely that my little, I was really pregnant on Ruby. So I don't know, I, was, I just felt like a whale. So I don't know how old. He must have been about one and a half, maybe. And um, and so kids kids can cut through all of that. Yeah. I was going to ask you, Steph, would you share some practical tips? <laughs> I, was, I thought you were going to say, would you share some stories of Christmas past? And I was going <laughs> to say, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'll have to go now. Bye. <laughs> and that's the end of this episode. Um, but I know yes. that you have really fun tips for um, for just having fun with kids. I haven't numbered them. I wasn't as organized oh. as you. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> a lot of the things that we've said for adults, I think, are also important for children, right? Like a change of location. And that doesn't need to be a change of house. That can be going outside. I know it's absolutely Baltic here at the moment. But, you know, even if it's just five minutes outside doing a little job, taking the bins out, doing something like that, it's sometimes enough to reset. And when I said about having a bath, I think the power of water and kids is amazing. Yeah. I, I know with my 11 year old, she doesn't drink anywhere near enough. And I have to keep reminding her and because otherwise she ends up really cranky. So just again, kind of minding their hydration and their food, because often, you know, in the midst of all the people, they might be eating an entire snack box. And then you're wondering yeah. why they're hopping off the walls at you know 11 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and even when the change of location be, can be something like setting up a little camp or like we've got a little half landing. And I remember when my kids were younger, setting up blankets and cushions and getting their books. And, you know, they love that kind of excitement of, come on, let's go and read here. Yeah. You know, but it's just a little change of scene for them, which I think is really nice. And coming back to the water, like, again, having a bath in the middle of the day can reset them if they're really tired or cranky or giving out about something, come on, let's go and have a bath, which I know sounds odd, but sometimes it's enough, you know, that water play, obviously keeping everybody safe, but having some toys in the bath and getting warm and cozy and having towels and putting pajamas on at three o'clock in the afternoon, it's enough of something different that it can reset the tone for the rest of the afternoon. It doesn't yeah. have to be all, let's all sit down and play this board game. Cause sometimes I think those moments can freak out kids a bit. <laughs> yes, and then bits of the board game are lost forever when they get thrown around the room. <laughs> exactly. And it might be that you divide and conquer. Maybe granny goes and plays a card game with this child while you do some coloring with this child. It doesn't have to be, like you said, those picture perfect moments. Um, I often have a jigsaw puzzle going in the kitchen, just on the, on the table. It's hard enough that the adults quite like to do it as well but it's difficult enough that it keeps going over a few days. And I don't ever sit down and say, okay, let's all sit down and do the jigsaw puzzle. But it's amazing once you have it set up in the corner of a room, how many people will drift in and out and do little sections of it. Yes. 
So it's and just how some... do you manage? How do you manage then? Because my thing is, is whenever I set up a jigsaw, I've got to move it then so we can sit at the table. I have all placemats underneath it. You know, like the hard, what are they made of? Oh. Chip, like these, like these things, but bigger. So that you can move it around then. You can buy those um, puzzle rolls, but I've never found them very good. They're, they're made of felt and you're supposed to be able to roll them up. But I think that very much depends on the quality of the puzzle. Because I've done that before now and it's all fallen apart. <laughs> it's never good. Or a tray. If you've got a tray, I don't know, you know, it depends on how big the puzzle is. A tray is a good idea to start mm. it on or at least start sections on. Because normally with those big puzzles, you work on sections at a time. So you can keep the sections on different trays. And also my last thing is, is sometimes as a mum, you can feel overwhelmed in all the chores and the jobs. And we forget that our children can take part in that too. I once got a very hard time off a chat from Instagram for teaching my son how to make a bed, saying that I was using him as a human slave. Like, ridiculous. You're a terrible person, Steph. That's yeah, it. but, you know, can you come and help me change this bed? Can you do this? You know, can you fold the laundry? Yeah. Can you wash? Can you scrub the potatoes? Get them involved. And actually, kids love a job. Yeah. They do look like your dad pottering to get the paper. Kids love a job, too. And getting them involved in any bit of it. I think really helps sometimes and again they're not going to be perfect you know if I'm asking my son to cut potatoes they're not going to be the perfect potatoes but they are going to be cut yes. so better be done to... than not yeah you'll be able to eat them that's the end goal yeah exactly exactly and and the breath thing is important too and my kids will often say to me now in the car take a breath but that's because I've taught them to take a breath <laughs> And um, my final tip is, I picked it up from Louise at the Douglas Yoga Center is the Ujjayi breath. And it's where you breathe in and you breathe out, but you make a noise in your throat. And she, the reason it stuck with me is because she described it as, you know, when you're laid in bed and you're pretending to be asleep. <laughs> I didn't know whether that was for her husband or for her children, but <laughs> we'll, we'll, just, we'll just leave it at that. So it's a deep breath. And then a so you're making a noise in your throat when you're breathing out and it's actually restricting your throat and it's that that actually triggers your parasympathetic nervous system Ooh. great that's even before coffee <laughs> <laughs> so that restricting of the throat as you're blowing out it's kind of like blowing through a straw if you get kids that are really kind of quite um worried about something if you get them out to blow out through a straw and you can get them to do it in a glass of water so that they're blowing bubbles into the water that's another way of doing that and that's what that's doing to your body but obviously they don't realize that they just think they're blowing bubbles into the water mm. that's lovely isn't it thank you steph so the what's the breath called again the ujaya breath i think it's called the ocean breath but it's lovely, isn't it? I mean, anything that can help us regulate ourselves, mm. that's how children learn to regulate, you know. So yeah. I, I think anything that people do, keep on doing it. Yeah. And have a lovely Christmas. Have an amazing Christmas, guys. And if you do have any questions, email us, themommind at gmail.com.